Well, Merry Christmas. We are in the season already, so we're already being prepared. You're done with your shopping. You're ready to go. Your tree is up. Lights are good to go, right? You're there yet? Are you not there yet? Yeah, some of us are there. Some of you prepared long in advance for this season. Some of you are done with your shopping, believe it or not. You're done. And then there's some people who, they don't shop until the 24th where they get all the deals and they get the leftover things. But we all have different ways of preparing. In these next five weeks, we're going to go through a series called Preparing. Can you just say that word, preparing? Preparing. Not a difficult word, but we all know how to prepare. We prepare to get ready for things. We prepare to uh, drive our cars. We prepare for tests. Most of us, if you're taking a test, we prepare for things like that. But then there are things that we don't know how to prepare for. Like, how do you prepare to be used by God? How do you even do that? How do you prepare for God to use you? Like, does he just pop up and say, I'm going to use you, so good luck. Uh, Hopefully you do well, and all that you've been through is going to be used for this season right now. I mean, how do you prepare? How does God prepare you? What does that even look like? Can you sense it? Do you need some type of supernatural gift to discern that God is going to use you in such a way that he's been preparing you for? I mean, how do we do that? And why is it even important to prepare? Why is it even important to know and understand that God would want to use us? Why would God want to use us? I mean, do we need to be some type of biblical scholar in order for God to use us? Well, in this five-week series, we're going to learn that we can be prepared, and God is going to prepare us. And most of the times, what God prepares us for is for what is on his heart. And guess who is on God's heart? Yeah, us, people. But more specific than that, God's heart is always looking for people who are far from him. Because as a believer, I'm well taken care of by God. That God will always provide for us. He always cares for us and he will always provide for our needs. That's what the Bible tells us. But then there are those who are far from God and they don't know God. So the way they're provided for is through finances. So finances become their God. So their career becomes their God. And everything that says It's going to provide for me, give me shelter, give me food. That's going to be my God. That's why the Bible says, what profit is it if a man gains the whole world yet loses his own soul in the process? Because in the end, there is no profit because we're eternal beings living in a temporary world. So if we're trying to profit for us in this world and our God is finances and our God is our career or our jobs and that's our God then we profit nothing because in the end our soul is empty but God wants to prepare us and he's going to show us how to do that and whenever God wants to accomplish something in our lives tomorrow he prepares us today and that's what we're going to look at in this entire series tonight we're going to talk about getting ready for God. If you want to write that title down, Getting Ready for God. Now, you, you, if you're married, when you were dating, before you were married to your spouse, you got ready to see them. 
I mean, you brushed your teeth, you put mouthwash, you, you chewed gum, you did everything possible to be fresh. You wore deodorant or perfume or cologne. You, you had clean clothes and, and, and your car was nice and clean. And so you prepared for your date. And then when you get married, you don't care if you brush your teeth. You don't care if you use mouthwash. I hope you still care. But you don't care as much as you used to. You don't prepare as much as you do now for your spouse than when you were first dating. Things change. My prayer is that you still prepare for your spouse. Don't just let things go by the way. Just keep preparing. And what that discipline is all about is the value that we see in what we're preparing for. See, if you see value in someone, let's just say in this case your date and you're falling in love, you're going to prepare so when you see them, you're presentable. But somewhere along the lines, when we get married, if 10, 15, 20 years go by and you no longer value preparing for that person, you still value the person, but you no longer value preparing for them, then that which used to have high value slowly diminishes because you no longer value preparing. And the same goes in the kingdom of God. The the kingdom of God is is where God will continuously prepare us for something. And because God is preparing us for something all the time, we're in this predicament called the world and our flesh. You put the two together, and it can almost cause for confusion. It can cause for a collision to come across your flesh, your, your worldly ways, as well as your spirit now coming in. So you bring all of those together in trying to prepare for something we don't even know of that God is getting us ready for. And all we start doing is maintaining. Just like when you're dating and then you get married, after a while you just maintain the marriage or the relationship rather than preparing for greater days ahead. If you're someone who has children right now and your children are still in school and you're you're married, you should probably take about maybe five to ten years to prepare for you and your spouse to become empty nesters. What I mean by that is if you're not preparing for you and your spouse to be empty nesters in the future, by the time all your children move out, you won't know each other. If you don't date one another while you're still married and your children are growing up and, you, and if you don't continue to get to know each other and prepare for the days ahead and the years ahead, when that day finally comes, it's going to be a train wreck because now you have no one to blame because all the kids are moved out. There's nothing to really talk about because all the kids are gone. There is just you and your spouse. And it is often said that you can always... Leave your spouse. But you can never leave your best friend. So for those who are married right now and you have children, prepare to make your spouse, if not already, your best friend. Well, what if you're not married right now? What if you're single? What if you're, you, you don't have a relationship like that? Then prepare 
for what God is about to do in your life for tomorrow. Because the, the impact and the, the determining factor of how well we will do tomorrow is determined by what we do today. How well we do tomorrow. The impact is determined by what we do today. So if we're preparing and we're preparing and getting ready for God, then whatever God is going to do for us tomorrow, he's going to bring things in our lives today to get us ready and prepared for what he's already doing. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 is a familiar, familiar scripture. And it says in Ephesians 2.10, God bless you. Not God bless you, but God bless you. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Did you know that God prepares now, any of you, I'm going to throw out a sport, okay? I just want to do a little, a little survey. How many of you watch football? Raise your hand. You watch football. Okay, not bad. 25% maybe of you. Okay, you watch football. What about you watch basketball? You watch basketball. A little less. What about NASCAR? Raise your hand. One, two, three. So I can count how many watch NASCAR? Now, you may look at, at NASCAR and the NFL and the NBA and you can say, well, well these, you put all these athletes together and you would say, NFL, better athlete. NBA, better athlete. But you put a basketball driver, a basketball, a basketball player in the driver's seat of a car that is driving in a race they would literally die. They would die. Why? Because they're not prepared for it. In a NASCAR race, the driver's seat in the compartment, in where the driver is, it comes, the temperature rises up to about 120 degrees, traveling at about 200 miles an hour, as well as hanging on those turns, with a G-force so strong that one slight move that is wrong, train wreck. Car goes flipping all over the place. These drivers have to prepare physically as well as mentally to drive these cars. Not only that, but it's not like any other car. You're not just stepping into a car and driving. It's not like you get into your truck and say, I'm going to drive in NASCAR and you're going to go at 85 miles an hour and win. No, you go in these specially aerodynamically made cars that no air, even though there can be windows that are down, no air comes into it because it's, it's made so that the air goes over the car and around the car so that it doesn't stall the car. So there's no resistance. So you put someone who's not prepared in that seat, they will literally die. They will pass out and crash. Well, if you look at our lives, God is preparing us all the time. 
He's not preparing us for a sporting game. He's not preparing us to drive a car. He's not preparing us to do some type of athletic, uh, supernatural thing. He is preparing us for life itself. And in life, you're going to come across dark times and bright times. You're going to come across good times as well as bad times. You're going you're gonna to wake up one day feeling that this is the greatest day of your life, and then the next day it's the worst time of your life. And usually during this season that we call Christmas, the holiday season, this is the number one season where suicides are super high. Because not too many people prepare for this season. Oh, we prepare financially. We prepare like getting gifts and we prepare for getting the tree and the lights and decoration. We prepare for that. But very rarely do we actually prepare for life. And that's where God comes in. It's getting ready for God because God is life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So whenever God prepares us, he's preparing us for something. God doesn't just show up when things are bad and we pray to him. He's already been there. He's all along preparing us for what is about to come up. God prepared us beforehand. So because God prepared long ago, do you think that what we face daily, rather good or bad, that God knew about it? Yeah, definitely God knew about it. So if God did and he prepared us as his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, could we not walk in these good works regardless of our circumstances? Yeah, we can. Why? Because God already saw what was going to happen in this season of life or what's coming up ahead. And while he saw that, he said, you're still going to be born. You're going to hit some seasons. But I've, I've made you. You are my masterpiece. We are his workmanship. He made us. That yes, we're going to go through some tough seasons, but he said, you can go through them. Why? Because I foreknew what was going to happen, and I'm getting you ready for it. And sometimes when we hit a roadblock or a wall and we cry out to God, we say, why, God? Why is this happening? And God is saying, just backtrack. Backtrack a little bit. I've been preparing you all along. I've been preparing you. See, if we look at 2015, let's just look at this year. We can pinpoint great times as well as not so great times. Now, the great times are good. We love the great times. But even in those, the great times, God is preparing us for something. Well, what about the bad times? Did you know that your muscles, the only way they build itself, is through repetition of straining, through pain. That's how we become stronger. You lift weights to become stronger. And the same is true with God when he says, I see this coming up. So I'm, this is, oh, this is going to be a, a tragic situation, but I'm going to give you about nine months because it's going to take about nine months to prepare you for that, that which is coming up ahead. So this one small thing in your marriage that you're grumbling about, you got to get through that. you got to persevere because it's just, it's just who lost my keys. That's a small thing. But you're fighting over that. 
You're grumbling. You're not talking for three days. You've got you to solve that because you only have so much more time to prepare for this season. If you cannot solve this small little thing of, of where are my keys, next time put my keys over here, or where are my shoes, how come you put my shoes over here, or how come you never buy peanut butter and jelly? I told you to go to the store and buy peanut butter and jelly. These are all real things that's coming to my mind in my marriage. Why didn't you do Then God is saying, because I'm, I'm using these small little minute things for this bigger thing. For this major life-changing moment. And I've seen this happen time and time again with people, especially when I visit people in the hospital. Big health, life-changing moment. And they always say the same thing. I should have done different way back here. Oftentimes I'll ask, what, what, what do you think you could have done different? And they'll say, I should have changed my eating habits when I was in my 20s. I should, have, I should have quit doing this. I should have listened to so-and-so. But you've had 20 years to get there. Why now? Well, now this is where I am. You see, God will always prepare us for something he sees in the future. Always. He will always prepare us. The question is, are we willing to go through those training moments for that one shot at God preparing us for that. If we miss this, this training, we're not going to do well here. See, the problem that we see even in sports is talent. Those with the most talent very rarely put in the hard work. But it is often said that hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. And so God gives us this time Oh, you may be talented, you may be smart, you may be quick with thinking, and you may have great things going for you, but God is saying, I'm preparing you for certain things up ahead. So we got to be able to connect with God because we are his workmanship, created for good works, even through bad times. The scripture continues in Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 11. And when God brings this to our attention, what he's trying to let us know is that there is a, there's going to be a pool between what you want and then what I want. Ephesians 2, 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, have no hope and without God in the world. So what Paul the apostle is telling to the church in, in Ephesus to the Ephesians, he's saying, listen, you're following just the laws of God and you're doing the right traditions, being circumcised, but there are things that God wants you to follow that is not a worldly thing. It's not a physical thing. But now in Christ Jesus, in verse 13, you who were once far have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The Bible is saying, once you and I say yes to Jesus Christ, we are no longer distant from Jesus Christ. 
It's not because of our merit. It's not because of how good we are. It's because of how good he is and because of his blood that was shed for you and I. Now, Jesus gave his life to you and I for a reason. And God prepared long ago for you and I to make a significant impact in this world. And we may think, but I'm not doing anything great. I'm not going around the world. I'm not traveling. I'm not, I'm not doing anything great. And it's almost like God is saying, hold on. That's the way the world operates. You think you got to do something great for the media to see, to get followers on, on Facebook or to get more people following you on social media? That's not what it's for. He says, I prepared you long ago for good works that you would walk in them. You may not run. You may not sprint. But it's a nice, steady walk. Nothing flashy. Just a nice, steady walk. So you're going to make an impact. Not because of what you're really doing, but because of who God made you to be. You're already impactful in this world just by being created. You're His workmanship. You're creation by God. What greater value do you need? See, if we can understand our value in God and that he prepares us, that tells us that God has even greater plans than what we see for ourselves. And we may think, oh, but what, what will it look like? It doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is that we get ready for God to be used for him because when it pops up, if you're not ready for it, you will miss it in a blink of an eye. It could be with your family. It could be at work. It could be something someone said that you, it was a perfect moment to bring encouragement. It could be something that pops up that God will prepare you for. And because you've been prepared and you were getting ready for God, you will recognize it just like that. But if you never prepare and you say, well, I don't, I don't know how God is going to use me. I'm just, I'm just going to walk in this life and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, if, if God wants to use me, then show me a sign. You know what the sign is that God wants to use you? You exist. You are his workmanship created for good works. There's a purpose to your life. So when we get ready for God, all we're saying is, Lord, my heart is ready to be used in whatever way you want it to be used. Whatever you want to do with my life, I'm going to do, Lord. And he says, okay, here's some big thing that's going to happen. Are you ready for that? Well, uh, whatever I got to do, are you sure? Yep, okay, you're going to do a great thing in this world. Okay, I'm ready. You're going to change your family's future. You're going to do great things, and, and you may look at your life behind uh, the, the past, and you may say, but no way possible. But I see this for you. Can you, can you accept that? And and once we say yes, then God says, okay, training begins here. This is where I'm going to train you. I'm not going to wait for that. I'm going to train you here. So if God says in four years you're going to make a difference in somebody's life or your marriage is going to take a turn for the better or whatever it is, your relationships, your children, your finances are going to improve, then he says, and now this is going to be here, 2019, 2019, it's going to take you four years to get there question is, are we willing to do the four years? It's like any of you who go to college. You want that degree? You can't just go into the office and find it and say, can I have that, please? 
I want that degree. And then just pick it up and take it to the people who need to sign it and say, hey, look at that, I got a degree. I got a doctorate. No, you have the actual paper that has no value in it. You know where the value is? The value is not getting the doctorate. The value is preparing for that day. That's the value. The piece of paper is like a receipt of what you just did for those 12, 16, however long years it's going to take. And when God says there's something big coming up, he says now it's time to go to school. You got to get ready. You got to discipline yourself. You got to get over those small little arguments that you go through. All those things that tear you down. The things that people, like the pet peeves that we have. Or things that people say that just, oh, it just, it ruins your entire day, your entire season. Like, aren't these the worst days? The ones that are really on edge. Like, you're, you're getting ready to go to the beach with your family. And it's almost like, okay, no, nobody make trouble. Okay, no, nobody, nobody fight today. We're going to have a good day today. So nobody fight. And then once you sense the temperature going up and someone getting to an argument or, or maybe they're complaining, hey, 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 no, no fighting, no fighting. We're going to have a good day today. We're going to have a good day. And, and all you're trying to do is push down the potential of having a bad day. And then one small, the last straw, you just lose it. It's like, fine, we're not going to the beach. Yeah, pack everything up, put them home. Just, just go home. We're not going no place. Nobody's going to have fun today. Look, you guys ruined the day. And now you have like the worst day of your life. What happened? What changed along the line? It was those small little things that were happening along the way. It wasn't just one big thing. And so God says, you want to get ready? It's going to be all those small little things that if you're not faithful with, how can you be faithful in more? He's preparing us. And you may already look at your life and say, wow, I've been going through this and this and this and this. God is definitely preparing me for something. And when that season hits, you're going to be able to say, No wonder. I got it. Lord, you strengthened my marriage back here because this took place. Lord, you did this in my life because I needed to be ready for this. Lord, you strengthened me here even through all the obstacles because you had this all along in store for me. You prepared me. You're getting me ready. We got to cooperate with him and get ready to be used by him. See, we get ready for God so when called upon, we can execute well. We just watched a a football game. It was the uh, New England Patriots against, I'm sorry I'm bringing this up, okay, Patriot fans, or if that's your team, but it was the New England Patriots and uh, Denver Broncos. So congratulations to the Bronco fans. I know there's some here tonight, but that's not the point. Gronkowski got hurt, right, if you're watching the grain, if you're watching the game, he got hurt. Next man up, right, has to take his place. But the next man up wasn't as prepared as he should have been. Because Gronk was in good shape, star player, the only one left for Tom Brady. <laughs> but it's, it's in that time where things are going well that you don't relax. You don't let your guard down. You still prepare just in case. See, preparing for God says, I'm not preparing for me. I don't do this for me. I do this for you, Lord. I do what I do for you. So however you want to prepare me, I'm ready for. Because whatever God wants to do in my life tomorrow, 
the success of it will be determined by what I do today. And whatever I'm doing today is going to catapult me into that future. Romans 9 verses 21 through 23 says, When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this, catch this, he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. See, God prepares us in advance for his glory. God made you for good works. And if you want to take some notes, if you want to write down a point, here's the first one, that God made you for good works. That's what he made you for, for good works. Some of us, we use our strength, our energy, the way we think, our intellect, our hands, our feet, our finances. We don't use it for good works. But we use it for evil works, bad works. And God says, that's not why I created you. But even still, God can turn a dark life into a bright life to be used for his glory. We just need to be ready for God. See, if if I don't get ready for God, then God will get ready without me. If I don't get ready for God, He's going to get ready without me. It's found in Esther chapter 4, and some of you know this story. I'll just give a little background. The Jews were to be annihilated. But this one person, her name is Esther, was in the king's palace, and she found favor, and she was a Jew. A man by the name of Mordecai, a relative of hers, encouraged her to speak to the king on behalf of the Jewish people. She was a little apprehensive. But then Mordecai says this in Esther chapter 4 verse 14. He says, you know, Esther, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom, let's say this part together if you know it, for such a time as this. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. I want you to listen very carefully, okay? I don't want you to listen to the words that I'm really saying. I want you to listen to the spirit of the living God. When you come into a situation that is the worst time or even a situation that is, is you weren't really ready for, just say to, your, to yourself, God, you prepared me for such a time as this. I may not have been seen it. I, I, I couldn't see it coming, Lord. Maybe I wasn't really ready for it, but you saw it. 
way beforehand. You prepared me for such a time as this. Because you were created for good works for such a time as this. During this season that we call Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, you're going to come across people who are just going to lose their minds because it's the toughest time of the year. God created you for such a time as this. Someone in your family is going to have a, a, a difficult time. Someone will lose their job in your family at this season. God created you for good works for such a time as this. You may lose a loved one during this season. God prepared you for such a time as this. Maybe in your family, stress is going to be high. God prepared you as a husband for such a time as this. As the man of the house, for such a time as this. Not to lay down the law and say, hey, everybody, listen to me and be quiet. No, no yelling, no shouting, no crying. No, he said, I'm preparing you to be the father of the house so you could model me to your family. For such a time as this, that God is preparing us. God created you to be used for him for such a time as this. God also uses his rights for your benefit. If you want to write down a second point, God uses his rights for our benefit. I I think that's simply amazing that God could use his rights for our benefit. It's not really for his benefit. It's for our benefit. Now, there's a man by the name of Robert Iger, and he is the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. This man gets paid about $53 million a year. $53 million a year. He also has a salary bonus of $15.5 million. He's a CEO. He can just walk into Disneyland. In fact, he doesn't go through the front gate. He has a secret entrance. But imagine if Disneyland was your favorite place to go. And here comes Robert. And he comes up to you and your family and he says, Hey, I want to I give up my rights and give that all to you. I want to give up the, the, the honor of being the CEO. I'm going to give up the honor of being the CEO, but I'm giving the privileges to you. You don't have to be the CEO. You just take the benefits. You don't have to buy anything. You don't need a yearly pass. You can just walk into Disneyland and walk wherever you need to go and get whatever you need to, and it's on his tab. You can take your family. You can take a bunch of friends. In fact, you can close down Disneyland for a couple of days just for you, your family, and some friends. You'll have plenty of friends, but just imagine if you could do that. He gives up his rights for your benefit. Take your favorite football team. I'll just throw out Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Let's just say you go to, what is it called, Qualm Stadium? What is it called? What is it called? Century, Century Stadium. Ah, oh, Qualm Stadium. I don't know where that is. Something else. You have the privileges to do and go wherever you want. You can be on the sideline watching the game. And maybe for one play, they suit you up. 
and you <laughs> run for your life. Yeah, you might go to the hospital afterwards, but what an experience. Now, you, you can get those benefits, but someone has to give up something. Jesus gave up all of his rights. All of his rights for your benefit, for my benefit. He gave it all up. Let's turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 is, and verse 5, it's just how, how to view Christ in this season because we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And so we reflect back on his birth. So in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus gave up his rights. He humbled himself. Not only did he become a man and humble himself to become one of us, a human being, but he went even further and became a servant to that which he humbled himself to, which is a man. He became a servant to mankind. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. God has the right to show his anger and his power, but he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls who are destined for destruction. How does this? He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. See, God has the right to show his anger. He has the right to get angry at us. Look, look at what we do against him. He has the right. But he is patient, very patient, because he wants his glory to shine through you and I. God uses us to shine his glory. See, getting ready for God simply says, Lord, I'm giving my heart to you to do whatever you need to do through it. Getting ready for you. I don't know what it's going to look like in the future, but you definitely know what it looks like because whatever I do today will determine how effective I am tomorrow. What I do today will determine how well I do tomorrow in every area of my life. So get ready for whatever God is going to do. And when, you, when you're prepared and ready, you're more likely to succeed. You're just more likely to succeed. Getting ready for God is like preparing before a game. You know when you watch a sporting game? And if they, if they have like a, a pregame show, you see all the players on the field warming up. 
They warm up for over an hour just to get ready for the game that they're going to play for probably about two hours or three hours. They prepare. They get ready. That's why by the time you see them, just when the whistle blows or when the clock starts ticking, they're already sweating. Why? Because they warmed up to what they're about to do. Maybe this season right now is warm-up. No, this cannot be warm-up. I'm going through a tremendous time of difficulty. No, this might be warm-up. This might be your season of just getting warmed up. And Jesus gave up his rights so that we could be righteous, so that when we're warming up, we can say to God, I'm just getting ready for you. Whatever the game is going to look like, I'm ready for you. And he used his rights to the highest degree and gave it to us that we should walk in them. The highest form of giving, the highest form of giving is when you give up your rights or you have rights and you give it up for someone else's benefit. It's the highest form of giving is when you have rights and you give up those rights to someone else for their benefit. The highest form of giving. And God modeled that. He had all the rights, but he gave it all up, became a man, and gave us his power, his strength, and eternal life for our benefit. So get ready for God. And here's the last thing, because God will prepare you to shine brighter. That's what he prepares us for. Yeah, it's for good works, but the end result is that we would shine brightly for him. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter to, on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance, in advance for glory. So God is actually preparing us to shine brighter. That's why every single day, if you just grow by like 1% in your walk with the Lord, just little by little, your light will shine a little bit brighter. I was at a place where I was negative bright, so I was just in complete darkness. But one percent every day, one percent, one percent, still dark. One percent, one percent, still dark. One percent, one percent, still in darkness. One percent, one percent, oh, get chance. You're on switch now. Oh, one percent, oh, I see something really, really tiny, something real, almost less than a nightlight brightness. But it was one percent brighter. And then brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. One percent at a time. God is preparing us beforehand so that we could bring him the highest glory. We have a lot of things coming up in, in this month. In fact, this Saturday, we are getting ready for God to send us people during this season of Christmas to church. So we call, we call it Spruce Up Day. In November, we call it Spruce Up Month where we do major projects, um, a lot of painting and things like that, fixing the building, uh, to, to prepare us for this season so that when God does send us people, when you invite your family and friends and they come on that Sunday morning, which is our Christmas service, uh, December 20th, and people walk in, they may not say, wow, that's, that's so nice that you painted that. I would have gotten distracted if you didn't paint that. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to walk in and they're going to be able to receive all that God has for them because we prepared for them. It's like cleaning house. That's why we call it spruce up day. We're just sprucing up the house of God so when our family and friends come and even people that we may not know, they'll walk into this place and they'll feel the love of God because we prepared for God. So I want to invite you to this Saturday, 
Saturday from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock. It's four hours, but you can come at any time. You can serve for an hour. You can serve for two, three, four, and then we'll eat lunch together. It's up to you. And most of the times, we're, we're, I know we're busy. That's why you can come at any time between 8 and 12 and maybe wipe down some windows, pull some weeds, weed whack, whatever it is, do something to prepare for God. And God's going to send people. On the 16th, December 16th, I'm going to give you some dates so if you want to write this. Uh, and if you don't, we'll, we'll let you know. But we're preparing for people. On December 16th, we are preparing for a movie night as well as some, uh, a message, a short message uh, for families. So it's, a, it's, a, it's more than a movie night and it's for families. It's for you too. And if it's just you and you come by yourself, that's fine. And we are going to have a great time. And you're probably wondering, what movie is it? Well, when you come on church, when you come to church on Sunday, then you'll, you'll know what movie it is. It's, it's only about a 24-minute movie. So it's a, it's a mini movie. But it's a fun movie. It will bring back a lot of childhood memories. So you'll love it. But we're going to be in here with our family. So the only uh, child care we will have or our ministry will be with our nursery. We're not going to have our team kids and little builders because they're going to be in here with us. And it's going to be fun and crazy. But crazy fun. It's going to be really good for families. So if you know a family that wants to uh, be a part of it, then we're making invitations that you can give out. But that's December 16th. And then, of course, December 20th is our Christmas service. And that is probably one of the many times that someone who doesn't attend church will come to church. It's almost like our one-shot opportunity to reach that family or friend or that family member or that friend or coworker, And they might say, okay, I'll go to church because everybody goes to church at that time. So it may be that one opportunity, but it may only take that one opportunity for that person to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you were here last week at our vision night, we work hard so they don't have to. We do everything possible to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that they would come to find Christ. So that's why we do these things. That's why we're putting our Christmas service together so that those who are far from God can be reached one relationship at a time. And when they step foot in here, they can receive all that God has for them. And they're going to love it because we work hard so they don't have to. Everyone needs Jesus. And so December 20th, that's our Christmas service. And so I want you to just invite people. And then December 24th is our Christmas Eve service. And our Christmas Eve service, we have two services. It's going to be 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. But same thing, we're preparing for our Christmas Eve service. And then our candlelight service is December December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. And our candlelight service, same thing, we're preparing And December 31st is going to end this series of preparation. And then we go into the year of harvest. If you missed last week, please go on to the podcast or vidcast or watch it somehow. Get the DVD, CD, uh, cassette tapes, LP records, whatever we have in there. Then you go listen to it. Listen to it. Because if you don't catch the heart behind last week's vision night you're going to miss a lot of why we're going to be doing what we're doing next year you're going to be asking questions you may be lost but if you're in tune with what's going on then you'll be right on the same page and you'll be clicking along with the holy spirit in what he's going to be doing next year so that's going to be the year of the harvest okay so i just wanted to throw that out to you because we're preparing and we're getting ready for god
Amen. You can close your Bibles and, and put away your notes if you need to. Just remember, what we do today will determine how well we do tomorrow. Would you bow your heads with me and, and we'll pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for all that you're doing. We know that you, you prepare for us so that you can do good works. You have a plan and a purpose for us. So Lord, can you use us the way you see fit? You are the potter, we are the clay. Lord, I thank you for each person here tonight. I thank you that you have given them a plan and a purpose for living. That you have prepared them for good works, to shine for your glory. May we walk in them. Lord, you see value in each person. And that value, Lord, is in you. It's not in how people treat us or, or how we see ourselves. It's in you. So, Lord, tonight, I pray over every single person that as we leave here, we would continue to get ready for you, to be used in whatever way, to reach the lost one relationship at a time, to reach the harvest, to be renewed, whatever it takes, Lord. We trust in you. We don't know what the future holds, but we definitely know who holds the future. So we thank you for that. We pray for all those that are far from you who are still living in darkness, that we would be lights into this world so that we could reach people far from you one relationship at a time, that because we're shining our lights for you, they would be able to find their way back to you. So we pray for many, many people to come to know you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen.